friends, and welcome to episode 55 of Did You Bring the Hummus podcast. I'm Kimberly, your host, and I'm super excited to be here with you today. Did You Bring the Hummus is a podcast to help you go vegan. This season, I'm sharing new episodes every Monday discussing all things vegan. Most importantly, we'll talk about how to embrace this meaningful decision with fervor and fun. Episodes post every Monday on your favorite podcast app. Before we get started, I have one very important question for you. Did you bring the hummus? Season four already. Can you believe it? I am struggling to comprehend it myself. In honor of season four, I've got a new freebie available on my website. It's a three recipe PDF, my very popular chocolate chip cookies, a little lesson on bowl building, and vegan chicken parm. All you have to do is visit uh, the link in the show notes and sign up to be on my mailing list. I don't mail too often, working on being a bit more consistent that way, but when you do get mail, it's got good stuff in it. I hope you enjoyed your summer. I was away for a few months. Maybe you even got caught up on some previous episodes of the podcast. Anyway, here we are. We're back for season four. So what'd you do? One of the things that I did was I went on vacation. My husband and I have not been on vacation since 2018. We had a very negative pet sitter experience back then, and we were hesitant to try to find a new one. And we weren't sure that we'd ever go on vacation again. And then, of course, global pandemic got in the way of that as well. But we finally did it. We finally took some time. We found an amazing pet sitter and we took a vacation. We took a vacation up to Massachusetts. We love history. We visited a lot of spots within uh, Massachusetts. We started off at Plymouth. And yeah, we did the, the touristy things, although we did not actually see Plymouth Rock. Uh, I do understand that it's quite a small, uh, it's quite a small rock. <laughs> uh, the highlight, as much as we enjoyed doing the touristy things and just what a cool little fun, uh, sh- like, you know, shore town almost um, Plymouth was, our favorite thing was Shelley's Tea House. Shelly's Tea House is not all vegan, but they have gone above and beyond to have incredible vegan options at this at this restaurant. Oh my gosh, I loved it so much. The scones were amazing. The clotted cream, I didn't even realize that we could do that. I mean, of course we can. Vegan food has become, you know, food, regular food. We're able to do all the things and it is incredible. The little sandwiches and the service was so fantastic. It was just an overall, that was our very first stop on vacation. And it was an incredible way to start vacation. So if you're up in the Plymouth area, definitely swing by, get yourself the, oh, I don't remember what it was called, but it was like the full tea. So I got scones and sandwiches and little cakes and butter and clotted cream and homemade jam. And it was a lot of food, but all of it was amazing. And I loved the tea blend that I had so much that I got a bag of it and brought it home. So that's been really nice to have some of vacation home with me. I love Abigail Adams. So we did spend time in Braintree and Quincy and we did a bunch of things there and it was just incredible. If you are 
interested in you know American history that is uh, visiting their homes and ending the uh, tour at Peacefield is really incredible. From there, we headed to Salem and we stayed there for the rest of our vacation. We did go into Boston for one day. We only were able to tour Fenway. We didn't really get to scope out Boston as a whole. JP and I have both been there, um, but we we had some car trouble that we had to get taken care of. So we did that after our tour of Fenway. But the tour of Fenway was amazing. And like I'm a Mets fan, so I don't have an emotional investment in the Red Sox, but it was just great to be inside this old stadium. Again, the history piece, right? I loved it and and our tour guide was incredible. He he really like put his all into it and we had a really great time. In Salem, we Oh my goodness. It's like that <laughs> we were like, we want to move here. It's so much fun. And I did, I was able to, we were able to eat really well. We had so many enjoyable things from flying saucer pizza to bit bar whose nachos were out of this world, this giant tray of vegan nachos and the cheese was so stretchy and the guac was amazing. The salsa so good. And another place called All Souls Lounge, where everything on the menu can be veganized. And the menu is one half grilled cheese and the other half hot dogs. And so you can get anything that you want uh, veganized. If you're doing the hot dog, it's um, the field roast. And they have tons of vegan cheese and even pesto. I was able to have a sandwich that had vegan pesto on it. what a great time. What a great little spot. And we even stopped by for lunch one day, a place called Barrio and they have tacos and they've got like the sheets where you order right at your table. You just check off what you want. And I went a little wild with the sauces as I always do, but I just love salsa and I love all the different flavors. And there was definitely like a a pineapple uh, salsa in there as long as well as with like some really savory salsas. And I got crunchy tacos because I love myself some crunchy tacos. But I was a little, hmm, do I want all these sauces on my tacos? (laughs) And the answer is yes, because they brought out, the server brought out my tacos and they were swimming in all the sauces I had ordered and the tacos were still crunchy and they were so good. Uh, so if you, um, if you find yourself in Salem, there are plenty of places to eat and, uh, the food is fun. The service at each place was great and, um, overall just really had an incredible time and, and ate really, really well. Uh, so if you went on vacation, uh, over the summer, why don't you send me a note? Uh, or, you know, you could DM me on Instagram, you can, um, leave a comment, and just tell me, what, where did you eat? What great vegan stuff did you discover over the summer? Before I get into what you can expect coming up in season four, I just want to talk about a couple of things that have been going on and that I would love to just tell you about. So, you know, I live in New Jersey, as you guys know, and in July, our governor actually signed into law a ban on gestation crates for mother pigs and also veal crates. 
I remember like 10 years ago when this ban uh, passed both the Senate and the House and then was vetoed twice between 2013 and 2014 by then Governor Chris Christie. I think it was pretty clear back then that the people of the state wanted this. And in fact, the bill this time was supported by 94% of New Jersey residents. I'm really glad that our current governor finally got it through. I do believe inherently that humans don't want to be cruel. We don't want to inflict harm on others. We are taught these behaviors, uh, that they're okay. We learn that we are supposed to eat animals, but because we've learned them, it also means we can unlearn them. And I would even go so far as to say that our planet, Mother Earth, depends on our ability to unlearn. So you've probably heard pigs are smarter than dogs and more intelligent than a three-year-old human child. That is true. Uh, They also, like us, form relationships. They feel connections to their family members and they can feel boredom. We know this, right, because we've got scientists who can tell. I mean, people, you know, you can watch the watch the animals and you can see them having these experiences. Like, we know what it looks like when we see a human who's having those emotions. They don't need to speak our language. We speak so many languages, um, our species, right? We don't have to, you know, my first, my first um, language is is English. But if someone, if I'm out somewhere and uh, someone doesn't speak English, but they're feeling sad or they're feeling scared, I don't need them to tell me that. I can see it in the way that their, you know, body language is. I can see it by the look on their face. I can see it by the way they interact with the world around them. And these animals that we use for food, they interact with the world in a very similar way, expressing themselves through movement, through sound, through and not not language, not words. Like humans can make sounds too. We know the difference between a cry of joy and a cry of sadness. We can hear that and see that on the animals too. We know that they can feel these things and we know that they experience a lot of the same emotions that we do. These gestation crates used for mother pigs, they're so far from a nesting area that a mother pig would create. So if she were on her own, able to, you know, just be out in the world or or even, you know, uh, at sanctuaries, uh, mother pigs will create a nest and they'll pull grasses and hay and they'll create an area that is comfortable and warm and that holds her body heat so that her babies will stay comfortable and warm. And uh, it's a great place to nap. It's a great place to, you know, feed your babies. These gestation crates have barren slatted floors so that every time she relieves herself, it falls through and it makes it easier for the workers to clean up. She can't turn around and she can't turn over. This leads to sores and joint issues. It's also really fucking boring staying in one spot for four months. Mother pigs can often be seen chewing the bars of their crate. Pigs can find also exhibit signs that line up to symptoms of clinical depression. 
In fact, the American Public Health Association, the Infectious Diseases Society of America, and the Center for Food Safety have stated, and this is a quote and I'll put it in the show notes as well, intensive confinement prevents sows from moving freely and performing almost all natural behaviors, inducing high levels of stress. That stress triggers a physiological response that severely suppresses the sow's immune function and that of her piglets, making the sows and their piglets more susceptible to disease. So not only are we harming her emotionally and mentally and physically, we're also putting her at risk of disease, which if you're someone who is consuming the bodies of these animals, you probably don't want to be consuming diseased parts of these animals. Seeing the photo of a veal crate when I was a child, in short, I never ate veal, despite eating other animals at the time. Unfortunately, I did not make that connection just then. The ad said he only has three feet. That was the size of the box this baby calf was chained to. He couldn't turn around or move or stretch his legs. As the veal industry wouldn't want the calf muscles to become too tough, too gamey, that's not, that's not really um, appealing for someone looking for veal, these animals are, often, are also malnourished, which leads many of the calves to lick the metal hinges, attempting so desperately to gain valuable nutrients of which he's deprived. There are reports of baby calves even attempting to suckle the fingers of the workers who tend to them. I'm glad to see that New Jersey has finally signed this into law, but it isn't enough. I am an abolitionist vegan after all. Improving animal welfare is not enough. I do agree that it still needs to happen because unfortunately, I also understand that the world as we know it now is not going vegan overnight. However, while we make these improvements, I also want to remind listeners that there's more to be done. Things like assisting farmers to move away from raising animals at all is, in my opinion, a way forward. I've mentioned this in other episodes before, but it bears repeating. The animal rights organization Mercy for Animals has what they call the Transformation Project. Their mission, as stated on their website, our mission is to help farmers transition from their industrial animal agriculture operations to plant-focused farms raising crops for human consumption. There are options. I know that there are some people who get very upset when they hear that Vegans want farmers to stop raising animals. All they hear is that we don't want farmers to have jobs. And that is completely not what we're saying. What we are saying is we want the farmer to do something different with their land. We want them to stop having a middleman. We want to feed people directly, not through the flesh of an animal, not through the suffering of others. Animals whose, who humans raise for food are, like us, beings who have an interest in their own lives, who form relationships, who feel joy. Just watch any video of a cow playing with a ball 
or a pig rolling in mud for immediate proof? Why do we think that we have the right to infringe on and take the lives of others when in 2023, there are so many other ways, whatever it is we're looking for, there's a vegan option out there. And I encourage you to find it. And if you can't find it, come to me and I'll help you. Just yesterday, I saw a post from Beth Stern, on Beth Stern's Instagram where she found one of her foster cats sleeping in her closet within a Louis Vuitton bag. The bag even had images of cats on it. It was adorable to see the cat peek her little head out when Beth discovered her. The comments were a mix of how fancy that cat was is to choose such a napping spot, such a fancy napping spot. And there were comments about the disconnect between the incredible work Beth does to save so many homeless and abused cats, as well as some dogs and a couple of rabbits, but that she continues to consume and use other animals in her life. Beth Stern, if you don't know, is a retired supermodel whose life now revolves around rescuing cats. She's also married to radio personality Howard Stern. Between the two of them and their incredibly successful careers, they can provide a top-notch space to both their resident cats and the cats they take in for fosters. Beth has shared on her Instagram before about thinking about veganism, but she doesn't talk about it much. And I remember once Howard talking about how he'd stopped eating all animals except for fish, because fish are assholes. It was on his show where he is, where his job is to entertain. Does he really think that fish are assholes? Probably not. It can be hard for a vegan to see two people who are so invested in saving the lives of so many cats, but who are unable to see how they are taking the lives of so many others. This is not an attack on the Stearns. Beth's post is just what got me thinking about this. Because she's not alone. She's just out there and a little more visible because of who she is and because of the volume of work that she does. But she's not the only one. I am baffled every time I see a fundraiser at a local animal shelter where all the food being served is made up of other animals. Those who work at shelters are doing thankless work. They are stressed, underpaid, and overwhelmed. Many care deeply about the animals they can save and adopt out to great homes, those they have to turn away, and those they are forced to euthanize. We know the connection is there. We know they can look at a cat, a dog, or a rabbit that has been surrendered and see the confusion, the suffering of being in a new, loud place without their family. They can see the suffering of the abandoned animals who find their way through their doors. Their ability to understand that a rat is a pig, is a dog, is a boy, is there. They just haven't made the connection. In all the ways that matter, we are not that different. So with that, I'll leave you with a little teaser for season four. Next week's episode is the one and only Victoria Moran, author of 13 books, founder of the Main Street Vegan Academy, co-founder of the Compassion Consortium. Our conversation is wonderful, and I cannot wait for you to hear it. And of course, Victoria is not the only guest this season. You'll hear from a vegan coach, a raw vegan chef with a, a penchant for desserts. Yes, desserts, beautiful desserts. Two vegan bakers with an entire cookbook on sourdough bread. Yes, you heard that right. And so much more. 
I'm also still booking guests for season four. So if you're a vegan who's interested in sharing your story, click the Be a Guest link in the show notes. I hope you've found this episode helpful and inspiring. Please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're loving it, please give Did You Bring the Hummus a five-star rating and leave a review. It's an easy way to keep supporting the show. Be sure to share these episodes with your friends. If you're finding something good here, they will too. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Did You Bring the Hummus and visit my website, didyoubringthehummus.com for more information about me, updates on what I'm working on, new podcast episodes, and all things vegan. Finally, I would love to hear from you. What do you need help with? Is there a topic you want to hear covered on a future episode? DM me on Instagram or send me an email at didyoubringthehummus at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.